What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Rivalry. We are Season 2, Episode 2, and we had some big stuff happen in the NBA playoffs. Week 1 of the NFL was was crazy. All right, it was fun. It was exciting to have it back. So we got a lot to talk about. We got our picks to go over. And we'll finish with a little uh, U.S. Open predictions. Let's go. Mike, so we're back. Um, Big things happening in the NBA. I think that for me, it's just kind of like this would be 2020 in terms of the uh, playoff uh, series. Um, never in my wildest dreams do I do I think that the Clippers are getting beat by the uh, the Nuggets. But Jamal Murray might be uh, he might be real. He might be the real deal. I don't know. I've been hating on him. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? I mean, I I was shocked. I don't know if you were, but like I just feel like if you had the if, if you have Kawhi Leonard, you got to get it done in the fourth quarter. You've had big leads the last three games. Like go and win a ball game. Yeah, I mean. It's kind of what uh, I was tweeting about it and stuff, but like you got a 3-1 lead, okay? You have a bad game, you lose one of those games, right? They play really good, they win another one, right? But you had three chances to close this team out, and in the last game, you just lay an egg. Like Kawhi Leonard's supposed to be, you know, this closer, we've seen him, he's Finals MVP twice. Hey, you don't get many guys that are two-time Finals MVPs out there. Um, you're on an elite level, and he was supposed to come down late, and was just—it was supposed to be easy because he was on a good team. He had Paul George, you know, he had a he had Doc Rivers, and everybody was just—I think everybody, maybe even including them—was looking forward to this LA series in the Western Conference Finals. And the Nuggets, once again, with their backs against the wall, play their best basketball. And, dude, I don't care what you say. I know you're a hater, but the Joker is legit, okay? Jamal Murray is um, kind of showing out right now and kind of bringing himself to the forefront of the best players in the league. Like, the dude's so smooth. He can get any shot he wants. Uh, at any time, great, no, so, great time shooter. I, I can't, I can't appreciate a seven footer that shoots off his back foot. I just can't appreciate it. I can't. So you don't like, like Dirk? No, I don't like Dirk. Never have. Shut up. Never He's have. An NBA champion. Don't care. Dirk Nowitzki. Wow. Don't care. Okay. So, so that's your take on the Joker? Is you don't like him because he shoots, he shoots a little. No, dude, it's the same. It's the same stuff. Ball. Call me like you know, just what about his ball handling and passing for a seven footer? No, dude, call me mad because like I'm only five seven, but like I just can't appreciate somebody that's seven foot that shoots off his back foot, plays with finesse. Like if I'm seven foot, get me down low. I'm bodying people up. I'm banging it home. I'm, he can score with his back to the basket. No, he can't. That's he's not the NBA game nowadays, though. No, he's he's trying to drive the lane, and you think that he's going to just like trip over his own feet, fall, break his nose. But he doesn't. But but he doesn't, and like somehow gets up. But like he's moving slow, moving real slow. <laughs> you sound jealous. You sound like a typical short guy who's just jealous of this tall yeah, guy. He's hey, good. Put him at put good. him at six four and see how good he is. Well, he ain't though. He's seven foot. So. I know. But I'm just saying, like, I just I can't appreciate his game. And, like, on, the only person I have respect for in the Nuggets right now is Jamal Murray. I mean, like, guy balls out. Um, sick right now. He's, 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 he's unconscious in another world. And, like, that's fine. But for me, biggest thing is, is, like, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, I think they ever – or they together combined for, like, 23 points or something like that. Game it was seven. Rough, rough game seven. It doesn't matter. Like, you can't get – if you're Kawhi Leonard, I don't care who you're playing, you should be able to get 20 points. You should be able to get 20 points. And Paul George, same thing. So you should have at least 40 points coming from those guys. I don't care. No, like There's no excuse that you can bring into that. And the Clippers are deep. I mean, they got ballers all over the place. Yeah, but I yet- mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I wasn't impressed with Pat Beverly this series. Montrez Harrell, you know, was like sixth man of the year last year, I believe, or maybe it was even this year he was running for it, but he didn't really show up. Lou Williams 
is you know a professional bucket getter i didn't see my you know I did, they just didn't perform like the, up to their caliber i don't think and i'm gonna give in these situations i hate to just hate on the clippers and stuff like let's give some credit to the nuggets and it's not like jamal murray and Jokic are all stars okay maybe even um borderline all nba players but like that team's got that team's got some depth to it and some good players gary harris uh, Jeremy Grant played great. Uh, Paul Millsap basically won them uh, game four when they were down 16. He scored like 12 in the third and brought them back. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is killing it. He's just unconscious score. I'm not a huge fan. He makes a lot of bonehead mistakes, but he's young. Uh, the talent's there. Uh, Monte Morris. I mean, they just – Torrey Craig. They got good players. Mason Plumley, like that team's deep. I can go like they're just a good it kind of reminds me of the Raptors last year. Like, yeah, the Raptors last year had Kawhi, but everybody else was just a really good role player, maybe above average role player that fit really well together. And that's kind of the feeling I get from this Nuggets team is, you know, they all know their roles and what they're good at, and they go out there and they play hard and do it well. And honestly, I, I think they'll give the Lakers fits. I think everybody just expects the Lakers to run through them. But everybody expected the Clippers to do that too. And I think the Nuggets will give them fits, man. I think that there's some matchup issues there that will bother the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I I, I, I really don't want the Lakers to win uh, the title. Like, I really just don't want that. And like, that brings me to the Heat Celtics. Like, who's going to win that series? I feel like it could go either way. Um, that was a no, really fun I don't game think it can. Watch. It was a really fun game to watch, but like, I don't know, man. I, I Heat yeah, and I'm, five. I'm, you said Heat and five? Yeah, it's over, man. Wow. They I mean, just, they're just better. Uh, They've got something figured out. They've got role, like, same thing with the Nuggets. They've got their roles figured out and and stuff. And dude, I don't like the Celtics. I don't trust them. Love Marcus Smart and the way he plays. Yeah, and, but not enough. I know I he, probably, he tries Smart too hard. From the time that we watched him play Kansas State at Oklahoma State, live front row, baby. Live front row, and like that guy was always just a dirty cheap shot player. Like yeah, all he did was score like forty three that night. Doesn't matter, dude. Magruder all day. Yeah, Let's go. They did win that game. That was tough. But yeah, dude, I like Morris. But I, dude, so when Jalen or Jason Tatum came out of the draft, I wanted the Bulls to get him so bad because that's what they needed. They needed a playmaking swing score so badly, and they didn't get him. I was pissed. But did I watch him? And yeah, he can go get thirty, but he is just—he makes some really bad decisions. And take some questionable shots. Like, I think he was that just tired, man. I think he had to tired. Work. Okay, well, that's I don't I, I don't feel bad for you. They're getting better shape. You think the Heat? You think Jimmy Butler's not tired? Like you're I don't. On, hey, hey, you're big on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler could do no wrong at this point for you. So I don't want to hear any more about Jimmy I Butler. Mean, why would the Bulls side with the? Coach and management over Jimmy Butler. Like, keep your players happy. We're hey, gonna trade you think Jimmy they're going to do that after watching the last dance? Like, come on. That's the Bulls yeah, MO. You would have thought they could have learned from their mistakes. One, one would think, right? One would think. But, but like, Jason said in that game, he just settling for step back threes. And then the one time he finally makes the decision to go to the rim hard, he gets denied. Like, what a block by Bam, dude. That was tough. Yeah, that was that was pretty tough, but yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be a good series. Um, I'm I'm probably with you on the Heat, but I I don't see it go five. I think it goes at least six. Um, but uh, it'd be it'd be it'd be interesting to watch. Like I said, I just I really hope the Lakers don't win. Um, I, I thought I saw Anthony Davis and LeBron getting first team um, All NBA honors, which I mean is probably what I would what I would say, but at the same yeah. time, it's just like I don't want to hear about LeBron when you got Anthony Davis. Like I'm so sick of that. But at the same time, it, it is what it is. But can we spend enough on on basketball? I think like Heat, what Heat Lakers, Heat Nuggets is what I'm rooting for. 
Oh yeah, Heat Nuggets would be sweet, but I think Heat Lakers probably. But um, yeah, I agree. We'll see. So football's back. I don't know about you, but like Sunday was like one of my favorite days. Like, awesome. I did not leave the couch. I think I ate like I, I think I got Uber Eats twice. Like I just didn't even get up. I mean, the only time I got up was to go to the bathroom. Like it was yeah. just a great day. My fantasy team just absolutely killed it. Um, I'm one to know. My picks were absolutely garbage. Not good. Which, you know, it's the first. It's the first week. I'm giving myself a little bit of a buffer there. You know, like didn't know what was going on. Should have let Clayton pick for you. Well, you would think now. I mean, all of a sudden <laughs> Clayton comes out. He's undefeated. Where was that last year? I mean, he might be able to. If he keeps that up, he might be able to pick one for me this year. Oh, okay. But, I mean, okay. he's still not there. I think it's, you know, a fluke, a hoax, as they say. But, um, no, it was, a, it was a good – it was just good to have it back. A little bit of normalcy in my life. I felt like Sunday was football. Monday was Monday night football. I'm going into the week feeling just like, all right, things are getting back to normal, which is good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so – yeah, dude, I'll Sunday was. Stage, I'll set the stage here, Mike. Sunday, Bears playing the the Lions. They're getting beat down. I mean, it's it's rough for you. You're just like, what's going on? Dude, Am it's I not happy. with Trubisky? Am I not? Like, is this it? Like, what is going on? So we're going into the fourth quarter. We're down twenty three six. At that point, please please tell me where you were at in your mind with okay this game over what am i feeling and like where do i see the percentage if there was a percentage that you're putting on that game like where do i see that and then tell me your tell me where where you ended up okay so yeah the bears game was nuts man in the core mouth was like dana is just entertaining the, our daughter basically to keep her out of my way because like i'm just i'm not fun to be around at this point we got a bunch of appetizers made up okay that's what we like to do get a bunch, bunch of finger food appetizers made up for the first games got some beer and so i'm full i'm buzzed and i'm pissed off for like an hour and a half two hours watching this game and I'm just like sitting there trying to stay optimistic about Trubisky because yeah, he made a couple bad throws, but like the defense didn't look great, and it's like, man, I'm just I'm biting my tongue. Hold and on, so if you remember to, to just to to just interrupt. So like Mike is super grumpy. He's just a grumpy guy whenever he gets like, especially if he's like full, a little bit buzz, and he's just in this like old grumpy grandpa mood. Like you just you can't get like. He just is pissed off at everything. He's just grumpy. He just like yeah. you would think he's just a grumpy old man. And so I know exactly where he's at in this situation. I can only I just wish that we would have had a camera on you. Yeah, not fun to be around, but I'll give myself some credit. I was staying very optimistic about Mitch. Okay. I was like, even if we lost that game, I was like, you know what? First game, not as great, not his best effort, but like he he looked okay. He he made some good throws and looked okay. We just as a whole didn't look great. But anyway, going into that fourth quarter, it's twenty three six. But if you remember right, we're driving at the end of the third, and I'm sitting here saying we need to score before the fourth quarter, make it twenty three thirteen, make it a two score game. We didn't score right then, but we basically scored to start the fourth quarter. So I'm like, okay, two score game. It looks like we're starting to get rid of them. Uh, my spirit's lifting up. I still am at about a 15% chance we win that game. Like, I'm not expecting to win that game. I expected the Lions to score again. Uh, you know what I mean? Basically put it out of reach. And, so yeah, I'm at 15%. Not happy. Then we get the stop. And Mitch makes a great drive. We go down and score. We maybe even had to punt, actually, at one point in there, too. Or, no, actually, maybe we didn't get... We didn't score right away, we, but we get a stop, and late, we score with, what, four minutes to go, three and a half minutes to go, and it's 23-20, yeah, 23-20, but they got the ball, so we need to stop, and we get that interception, and that's when I'm starting to think, okay, like, okay, we, we got a shot here, all right? Then, the first thing I said, and Dana would quote me on this, when he threw that touchdown pass to Andy Miller, I go, I go shit, we scored way too early. <laughs> 
Like, it's it's bad that we went from 15% winning that game to now we scored too early and they're going to drive down and score, which they basically did, and we got lucky. And I was face down on the floor watching that pass. Because like, you could see Stafford release that ball and the receiver just in the ends up wide open. Like, you could see it coming. And I'm pretty sure, like, I went down to my knees and down to the floor and looked up and he dropped it. And I'll be honest, that was, like, maybe the third greatest moment of my life, I feel like. How do you drop that pass, though? Dude, rookie running back. I've, I almost feel bad for him. Cut him. That's rough. I mean, you, it wasn't like a bullet pass. Like, it was literally just a pitching catch pass to his chest, and he dropped it. You're in the end zone, like, you're not about to get hit. Like, there's just no excuse for that. If you're a professional, you catch that ball. I don't care. Yeah, I agree. But he didn't. And then we get the deflection on the last play. Ball game. Bears win. 1-0. Mitch finishes with three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. Like, he looked good. And I'll tell you what, man. It's when he stopped. It's when we got down and we had to just start reacting and playing football. And you know, getting him dropping back every every play, basically kind of scrambling around, making plays happen. It's when that started happening that he started playing good and not overthinking things is what I think. You know, early in the game, he's trying to work on it, staying in the pocket and, and you know, making his five-step drops and reading the defense and making the right throw and he's just thinking too much. At the end there, he just started playing and the real Mitch came out. Well, I think that he's always been, you know, like he's always been stiff in terms of play calling and like last year and, you know, the different things there. And so I think he is an athlete that you just need to let play. But just open him up. Open him up. My big my big takeaway from that game is, in my opinion, that that is how you start a Bears season because it's like, hey, guys, we're never out of a game. And so, like, give – it's almost like the Illini last year is, like, you have belief that you're never out of a game. Like, the defense is going to – I feel like the defense is good enough to get stops and the offense is good enough to score. It's just you have to get that momentum going. And so, like, you know, there's this Nick Foles, Trubisky, like, where, where are we at? And so I think that that probably rallied some people around it. You know, Mitch comes up big. Defense comes up big, so I think there's a lot of good takeaways there. And so I think, like, if you're telling me how the Bears start a season, give me, like, a, you know, hey, let's let's start with a fourth-quarter deficit of, you know, 17 points, and let's come back and win, and then let's get this show on the road. Yeah, so I, now, I, now we roll. I feel like the Bears are in a good position. I think that they're coming off some good momentum, and I was I was super happy for you because I could only imagine how that game was for three quarters, but um, no, that was that was a really good game. I was super excited about that. Um, what did you think about the Thursday game? I was pleasantly surprised with just how sharp those teams were. Obviously, the Chiefs are you know going to be electric again this year, and like I, I just I feel like you're going to have to score forty points to beat them yeah. because they're going to score at least thirty points every game. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. Like I was looking at my. Looking at that game, I thought it would be, I thought it would be a little closer. Um, you know, I, I stayed away from that game and my picks just because you just never know with the Chiefs. But yeah, you you got to score forty to beat them. You got to score or thirty and have a really good defense to hold them under thirty, which I just don't know that you can do that anyway, even with a good defense. But uh, yes, Thursday night, Sunday, all day Sunday. Like, did you watch a game and think to yourself? Oh man, these guys needed a preseason to get ready to go. No, they're professionals. I mean, That's what they kept saying was like, oh, yeah, they're just like, oh, no preseason. Like, how's there? How are we going to see a lot of penalties? Are we going to see a rusty defense? You know, like the, honestly, the only team and this like really pissed me off to say, but the only team that looked like really rusty was the Buccaneers with the new quarterback, new system. Just I mean, in general, having a little bit of kinks yeah. to get out and like, you know, I, I think that's. I think that's going against a good team. Well, so I think that's good to get it out. You know what I mean? Like, hey, guys, we're not where we need to be. Like, so we need to focus. And even though we got Tom Brady, even though we got, you know, a lot of good, um, you know, position players, I I think we still have a lot to work on. And, like, I think that's what they needed. But 
That was yeah, really seemed like that with all that talent. Sometimes they need uh, a little wake up call. Yeah. Like, hey, we're not just going to be able to to go out there and run everybody. Which I mean, but at the same time, like you said, I mean, they played a good game I mean, or they played a good team. The Saints, right. like Drew Brees. I mean, he's just a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna get his team points, and they're gonna be in, like in the game. And um, I just, you know, I, I hated that they lost, but at the same time, like. You know, it was, it was kind of like what, you know, at least they didn't get blown out, I guess. But at the same time, like, I'm glad that, you know, there is a little bit of adversity um, from the start. Because I think if, if Tom Brady goes in there, wins against Drew Brees, people are just like, oh, another year, another same, you know, thing. They're going to put it on coast, make it to the, you know, championship, blah, blah, blah. So I think that was good. But, um, no, that was, that was a game that I watched that I was kind of, you know, disappointed with. But at the same time, I think, like, I'm taking them again. I'm laying the points. Let's go. I'm all over it. But yeah, um, they'll be fine. I think that was good. One of my biggest things. So, like, obviously, I'm in Indy, and so the game that I watched was the uh, the Colts Jags game, which like really frustrated me. I'm not gonna say I'm a Colts fan, but at the same time, like, you're playing the Jaguars. Like, let's go. And you live uh, in Indy, though. You want to see them do well. So you know, but it did. It it did helped me just kind of, you know, like understand the Colts, which, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, but I've been dead right with Phillip Rivers for his whole career. He's the guy that keeps you in games, but throws an interception, tries to push something and you end up losing by six, seven. Like yeah. that's his, that's, he's going to be in the game. He's going to, he, Phillip Rivers down six, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like he has that, he has that every single game. Yeah, it's death, taxes, and Philip Rivers down six with the ball. Yeah, it's just like what's like what what are we gonna do? Phil? You know, I mean, he's he's about a 40 percent success rate there. So like, if you're fine with that, like, good. You know, but like that's literally what I called Philip Rivers. So I was like, of course it is, and so I couldn't get mad. But at the same time, you got like you know Minshew going uh, nineteen twenty, uh, nineteen for twenty. 190 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, like, just a standard, like, game for him, not turning the ball over. But he's supposed to be, like, gunslinger. Like, you expect some turnover or bad pass here and there from him. That's not very Minshew, like, I felt like. Right. But, yeah, that's definitely a game the Colts circled as a dub, I think. One would think. I mean, I had it on mine, but, um, no. And then I think, you know, what was funny to me was just, like, We've had so much, you know, inconsistency with 2020, like a lot of things different, a lot of things change, but like one consistent we can all take away from 2020 is the fact that the Browns still suck and will suck and will not be good. And they just got rammed by the Ravens. Dude. It wasn't even close from the get-go. They, the Ravens look really, really good. Yeah, I'm hoping it's more of the Ravens look really good because – my Nick Chubb keeper isn't looking good if they're going to be down 30 points every game. Nah, you get me. Give it to Hunt. Give it to Hunt. Trade. Hunt's going to get a bunch of looks in the passing game. Yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. They're always going to be behind. So, but let's, let's, I'm, I'm off of Baker though, I think, man. Like, I really had high hopes for him coming in because, oh my God. You, they're hyping, I kind of care charisma to be good, but. They're hyping this whole like first pick, first pick, you know, Joe Burrows and Baker Mayfield. Dude, I'll take Burrows all day. Yeah, like I wanted Baker to be good because I like I kind of love that he just doesn't give us any Fs, but let's talk about Joe Burrows getting just kicker missing a field goal at the end of the game to tie. It's your first NFL. Like you drove down, you, you like got him in position, and then that's how you lose your first game. Like, come on. But smart play by that kicker come up Gimp. Oh, Absolutely. I know, right? Like, oh, yeah, no, I, I bet <laughs> the training feelings are you better hurt. Take that training staff out for dinner because you know they were like, oh, yeah, man, he's hurt. Yeah, you're hurt. Your feelings are hurt. And then yeah. your wife is just going to leave you because, like, you're done. You're cut. See you mm-hmm. later. It's not Cody Parkey bad because it's not a playoff game, but yeah, that hurts. It really hurt uh, my wallet too because that was the only game I missed in my parlay Sunday, and 
it was Chargers by three and a half. So if he makes that, we go to overtime. And I have a slim chance of the Chargers scoring a touchdown and winning that and I, covering that. I forgot that you're you were you were a big parlay guy because I was starting to call uh, uh, Harry Jerry Parlay. Dude, he's I, all just texting us, telling us about these parlays he put together. I've got to stay away from parlays because, like, that's the thing. It's like I hit two out of three of my games. Dude, everybody hits two out of three. Out of one I know I would have won more, and then instead, hey, but haven't you ever haven't you ever played like a scratch off? I, that's what I think about parlays. You play a scratch off, right? So you play a scratch off. Oh, the- they always get you really close hey, to winning. One thousand, one thousand, oh, five hundred. You win nothing. Like yeah. that's a parlay. That's exactly what it is. I felt really good about that because, which I mean, Burrow did lose rookie quarterbacks in their first like number one draft pick quarterbacks are like oh for their last twelve in their first game. So like I felt good about that game, but and they won. They just didn't cover, and I had the Bears money line was part of that, and my other game was Tennessee to uh, win. They're, they were minus one when I got in on that bet, and they won by two. Like just a rough go of it for for that, but uh, I'm sure I'll have another one this weekend. Yeah, so. we'll 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 see. I mean. Other than that, though, I think the 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 only other game that stood out to me was like Cowboys Rams. I felt like the Cowboys should have put a a beat down on the Rams, but like their offense didn't look as good as what I thought. I didn't expect a beat down, but dude, that Rams defense is good. Um, really good front four, and then they got Ramsey, so good good corner. They just, I think last year the Rams really underachieved. So everybody was kind of down on them going into this year. I'm still not a big golf guy, but they got enough talent on offense for the. I think the Rams are decent. I think the Cowboys are still going to be good too. And I still think the Cowboys will win that division. That division is just not very good. The Eagles, I forgot, that's the one that set up the Eagles losing. The Washington football team is the only team with that got a win in that division. Which, of like, all those the Washington last... football team. Like, let's get real here. Yeah, we're going to need a map on the team name. Who called that? Who called them winning? Yeah, Dwayne Haskins. I just – I don't I don't think that division is very good. That's why I think the Cowboys will win. It. Honestly, the Giants look maybe like the best team in that division. They just – the Steelers are good too. But Danny, Danny Dimes didn't look bad until that bad pick at the end where he got hit on the throw cost them maybe that game. But and I was I was super disappointed with that. See that guy coming. So yeah, it was uh that was frustrating. And then um I don't know man, I just like you know Saquon getting absolutely sh- shut down. Um a Steeler D's good man, I'm telling you. It won't be like that for Saquon. Well that's what I mean I I lost some money because it was like they had this thing going with draft or a uh, fan duel that was like bet up to max bet Saquon Barkley gets over nine yards rushing. I'm like, give me a break. He's going to go off for 15. Like, I'll take that all day. So I put 50 bucks on it because I'm like, all right, this oh, is Oh, one rushing like, attempt over nine yards? No, nine yards total plus what? nine yards. That's all you had to do. He's like negative six at the half or something. They were like, oh, Will Saquon get nine yards positive by the end of the game? And I'm like, okay, so he has to get 15 yards? Like, yeah, I'll take that all day. Yeah. Lost. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you're kidding me. You're yeah. absolutely kidding me. The whole team had 23 yards rushing. Like, I put $4.62 on Eric Ebron getting a touchdown at any point in that game. Okay, Lost Solid bet. They got you again. <laughs> But no, so I can't help myself. All right, so it was a good week. We had good games. Um, let's talk about the not so good, which is my picks. I was one and four. Like the only game that I guessed right was the Ravens money line, my guarantee pick. Um, you were in dead that. last on the leaderboard, by the way. You know what? Hey, I, I, I know. Like I said, I came out, came out hot with some picks. Uh, really, just have a lot of, I guess. Um, a lot of confidence in people that I shouldn't, uh, but at the same time, I think they underperformed. So I think I'm, you know, still in a good place. But it's early. It's early. I'm, I'm staying positive. It's week one. We'll see what's going on. Um, 
you had a good week, four and one. Clayton, four and one, baby. Clayton, all of a sudden, guy that can't pick a right game to save his life, cost me cost me the championship last year. Um, decides to go six and that point home. Decides to go six and zero. Jake, five and zero. Thanks for listening to the podcast, yeah, Jake. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Jake. I get you just had a baby, but like, come on. Couldn't even uh, get the bonus game in. Yeah, but uh, no, I thought that was um, that was good. And then we had, you know, a couple people, quite a few people, uh, you know, give us their picks. Obviously, that's still open for everybody going into week two. But uh, we got a leaderboard we're going to post tomorrow, and make sure you get your picks in for uh, for this week. But I got a shout out. I got a shout out to uh, Boer and Messman. They are on the leaderboard. They are telling me that they are uh, gambling experts, game picking experts, gonna come out with their own podcast. And then Boer goes, what, one and five, I think, or two and four. So um, I wouldn't, I'd fade him if I was you guys, just so you know. Hey, big fade guy. Maybe that can be the, maybe that can be the name of the podcast is the fade guys. There you uh, go. Love it. But no, so. Let's put week one behind us. I'm really excited about week two. Uh, week one was great, other than my picks. By the way, my fantasy team scored 155 points. Love that. David Johnson coming out big. Hey, Russell Wilson. Our listeners don't good. care about your fantasy team. I know. I just want to make sure I that everybody too, though, knows by the way. I had a good, I had a good fantasy <laughs> week. But going into week two, okay, we got a couple picks. We got, we got the regular picks for the week. Me and Mike are going to do. Then we got some um, – of just the the regular picks for for the fans, and then we'll have the bonus picks. So, um, without further ado, Mike, let's do the uh, let's do your underdog this week. Hopefully, it's not the same as mine because I felt like there was one that just really stuck out like a sore thumb. So my upset pick, I feel like is an easy pick, but you just never know in this league. So upset pick is Minnesota over the Colts. So Minnesota's getting fuck, but I got to. Yeah, dude, I got to play the money. We have to play the money line on the upset, so Minnesota's got to win outright. But I'll take Minnesota over the Colts. That's good money, plus 142 right there. Yeah, I bet the game, too, actually. Oh, I bet the game, too. Absolutely. So, if you guys are on that, plus 142, Minnesota Vikings are uh, plus three favorite. That's huge. I took money lines plus 142. Oh, sorry, the money line, the money line. But they're plus plus three underdog. And like so the Colts took- just got beat by the Jaguars. Philip Rivers, you know he's going to have the ball with two minutes left. Like it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> so you're taking that as your upset, also, huh? Yeah, two, two great minds thinking alike. Um, all right, let me do my, my so my guarantee. Obviously, the Chiefs. I'm going to keep riding that as my guarantee until they lose, most likely. Which they're minus they're eight and a half point favorites. Eight and a half favorites over the Chargers. But your lock, you, the, all they have to do is just win, and you win right. that one. So my lock is the Bears get given five and a half against the Giants, but they'll just win. They may not cover. That's why I didn't like that, but they're going to win that game for sure. So Bears wow. over the Giants as my lock. Wow. I'm telling you, this week was hard for me to pick, I thought. A lot of big spreads. Wow. That's a That's a really – Emotional, heartfelt pick. I feel like not. not I mean, after that fourth quarter, I don't think they lose the game all year, baby. Like, we're seventy-two. Dude, I lost seventeen straight weeks. Golly! All right, all right. So then, for my um, let's see, for my spread picks, I've got. I, I picked the Cowboys Falcons game. I'm laying the points. Cowboys minus four and a half. I think they kick it into gear. Like they, they are the best. They're the best line. They have a really good offensive unit, and like their defense isn't bad. Yeah. And I just don't understand how they underperformed that terribly. Um, you know, within within that game, but at the same time, like Atlanta's offense just scares I'm, me, man. I'm taking I'm taking the Cowboys minus four and a half. Okay. Um, I'll do one of mine. We'll just go back and forth here. One of my just spread picks is I'll take the Chiefs minus eight and a half over the Chargers. I'll just I'll lay the points on that on that game because uh, I just I have confidence in the Chiefs winning that game a lot. I don't, Chargers with Tyrod Taylor, I just 
they're, I think they'll be a decent team all year, but they're not going to be able to keep up with the likes of the Chiefs. No, I think that's going to be uh, trying to Chiefs score 50-plus on that. That's a two-touchdown game at least. So this one is probably the toughest one, but I have to go with it. It's kind of like your Bears pick, but Bucks versus Panthers. I'm laying the nine and a half points. I think that's like wild that they're Dude, that's so, that was such a big, big spread. But I feel like I feel like if that's the case, then like they know something I don't, which is, and I and I already know this, but Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever, and so they're saying he's going to lay down nine and a half points. They're going to end up probably winning by twenty-seven, and that's a plus hundred spread with the points. So or with laying the points, so I'm going to take that. I'm going to put even money down. I'm going to win even money. I love that. Yeah, that was too big a spread for me. I was scared of that one. The, the Panthers, I don't know much about their defense, but it can't be very good if they're Dude, willing they to have that first time, first I don't think that offense is that bad. First time coach. Uh, you got Teddy Bridgewater, who's new system. He's got a That's game under his belt. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. They got some good players. Yeah, but the Bucks, the Bucks played against the Saints. Like it was, it was a tough pick first round. Like you get them, uh, you know, organization like the Panthers that are dealing with the same stuff. I feel like it's a, a pretty good matchup. So I Just like nine and a half's a lot. That's all. Nine and a half. That's what I'm doing. What do you got? All right, so I'm taking as my second, my second game against the spread. I hate to do it, but just after what I saw from both teams week one. I'll lay the six points for the Packers over Detroit. Like Packers looked good, man. Oh, if I can, I scored forty-three against them. Oh, what are they gonna do that Detroit defense? Oh, well, they don't have Trubisky to save them. I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I got Devontae Adams on my fantasy team, so I'm looking for them to score a lot of points. I guess so. I'll take. I'll lay the six. Packers over Detroit. Hey, by the way, Devontae Adams is up for grabs. If you want any trades, Mike. Anybody wants Devontae Adams, I will. You can basically steal him from me. All right. Give, don't... Me, give me your last pick, and then I'll give you mine. All right. So I couldn't sit here and just take all favorites because it was too big of spreads. So I'm going to take one team to cover, and that's just because I don't think Tennessee can score enough to blow out the Jaguars. Jags are getting eight and a half points. Like that's a lot of points for a division game. And the Jags didn't look bad week one. Like Tennessee can't score enough points to beat them by eight and a half. Can they? Okay. No, I mean, uh, reasonable. I mean, it's not a bad pick, but I, I went I went the opposite, so I, I did want points as well. Um, so I went with Eagles over Rams, getting plus one and a half. Felt like the Rams kind of played upwards of their potential. Felt like the Eagles didn't play at their potential. I feel like that's going to be a game that uh, we got uh, we got some people coming back for the Eagles, and I'll let I, I'll, I'll take some points there. I think it's a uh, I think it's not a bad pick. Eagles plus one and a half. Yeah, um, that's hard. Those two teams I don't have figured out yet. So, like the the Rams looked decent, Eagles looked bad, but both they could literally go opposite directions week two, and Eagles look good and Rams look bad. So that that was a tough game to pick for me. I thought. Yeah, no, I mean, it, like like I said, I I think that for me it was just more so like I feel like the Rams played a little bit out of their. Uh, a lot of their out of their league, and you know what? Miles Sanders was out. He's back. Um, yep. So we'll see. We'll see. That so, that should be a good game, though. It's basically a pick 'em game for you. Yep. And then. Uh, All right. Who do you? Uh, so the bonus game, game for the fam. Are you gonna do bonus game first? It's okay. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying a bonus game. Uh, so this was one that you already picked, but we did it last week as well. But at the same time, like this is what we want to hear: Are you going against Mike, or are you are you with him? It's Giants versus the uh, Bears. Um, I'm going Giants plus five and a half. I'll t- I'll, I'll take that points. 
Yeah, see, I took it as my lock, so I don't have to. I don't know that the Bears cover. If I had to pick that game against the spread, it'd be a tough. I wouldn't pick it just because I would never pick against the Bears. But I, could, I don't know that I could get myself to pick the Bears minus five and a half. So uh, that's a tough one to pick, I think. So, yeah, so we got the bonus game with the Giants versus Bears. Plus five and a half Giants. Make your pick. Um, and then here are the, uh, the week one fan picks that we'll post. So we're going to post basically the leaderboard, tell everybody where they're at for, for week one, and then these are the picks for week two. So week two we've got the uh, – basically we're going to have you guys pick between the draft pick number ones. So it's going to be the Browns versus the Bengals. And uh, we're going to have the Bengals plus six and a half, Browns giving up six and a half. Then we've got the Bills versus the Dolphins. Bills are giving up six. Miami's plus six. So I think that'll be that'll be an interesting game. I feel like the Bills kind of like they're always I, they're always a question mark for me. I don't know about yeah. what you think, but like the I think they're going to be good this year, but laying six points against the Ryan Fitzpatrick like Ryan Fitzpatrick led teams can beat anybody and they can get beat by 30 by anybody too when he throws four picks right right and that's where that's where I think that game's going to be an interesting pick to, yeah. to choose but and then we've got so we've got the Rams versus the Eagles the one that I picked I'd like to uh Want to hear what everybody wants to say about that? Um, Rams are are basically laying one and a half versus the Eagles. So what right. Eagles team we get? We don't know. Right. And then I thought this was I thought this was an interesting one. So I know the Jets and the um, Niners play, and the Niners are laying down seven. They just got beat. If I'm if I'm one, I I almost put this as my guarantee, but I think the Niners are coming out strong after that after that loss. Yeah, I did too. I almost picked that as just one of my spread games, or or it was up for my lock, but I wanted to go Bears. But I, I am scared of that game though, because like I'm also scared that the Niners just kind of uh, were fools gold last year. Just maybe I'm not saying they won't be good, but maybe they're not going to be as good as they were last year. And may see and like they just showed a week one, like that Arizona team's good, but they. They kind of faltered at the end, and just maybe they just don't have it in them this year. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that their defense is good enough. I think they just need to figure it out offensively. Um, I think they'll come into their own. And then um, last game, the uh, Patriots, which we didn't talk about. Patriots came up with that big win. Uh, Cam Newton, let's go. So Bill Belichick, 1-0. But um, – they're playing the Seahawks, which Seahawks look really good. Russell Wilson, they did really good. Um, so Patriots are a plus four favorite on that. So I think that'll be a good matchup. Um, I don't know, you know, I mean, like Seahawks, they've always been a team that I felt like like can beat any team, but also can have like stupid, stupid games where they lose. So it's just like who who comes to play. And, you know, Cam Newton, they didn't ask for much on the first game. So, like, what's their, you know, game plan going to be with the Seattle D? I think that'll be interesting to watch. But from what they asked from Cam, I think he did a great job. And, I mean, I think that they'll uh, they'll be pretty strong again, like I said. I mean, yeah. I think that Bill Belichick does a great job. He's got uh, – I mean, crazy thing is, is, like, getting Cam Newton for a million dollars, like, Good. I know, like that's just such a Bill Belichick thing Good. to happen. But I will. So I was gonna mention this earlier when we were talking about that Bucks Saints game. Is you know what that Bucks game, like what that Bucks team was missing, or what it, you know, it just didn't have that Patriot feeling to it. You know, like when you're watching the Patriots play in a game like that, you just know that Brady's going to make the pass or the defense is going to get a big stop. Like, the, you know, like that the, something's good is going to happen for the Patriots. And it just didn't have that feeling. And then it didn't happen for them, for the Bucks, And they end up losing that game. And then the Patriots go out. Granted, they're playing the Dolphins and they win that game by like 11 or so. And it's just, it, 
this Bucks team just didn't have that feeling that Bill Belichick brings, and maybe it's just from the Patriots being good for so long that you know it's embedded in us that they have that feeling, and the Bucks will get there eventually. But I am anxious to see how good this Patriots team is. Just swapping, you know, Cam Newton for Tom Brady. So the Patriots D is still going to be one of the best in their division and in the league. In my opinion, they're probably top ten defense in, in the NFL. Hands down. I think their offense, they're still going to be able to move the ball. I think Cam Newton really brings a couple things that Tom couldn't do. And, like, for the Bucks, here's the thing is that they're asking Tom Brady to throw from the hash mark all the way over to the other sideline, and, like, that would never be a play that Bill Belichick would draw up because, like, he just can't make that throw. Right. But yet the Bucks don't know that. They're still operating with, you know, kind of – where where is that sweet spot? Where do we need to get to? And so I think that that's where I'm like, yes, like it was. It, it I would agree with you that it didn't have that patriot feel, but at the same time, like it was just rust. It's just new. It's just you know it's developing. And so like as they understand more things, then I think that you know like you'll have Brady start to get some confidence. You'll have the offense get some confidence. That'll lead to the defense getting some confidence. And like. Right now, I thought that, you know what, they were probably a little bit too confident. And that's, you know, what we just said was, like, get beat, take it on the chin, like, really start to, you know, kind of humble yourself and get back to work and say we're not that good and right. we're going to get better. So I think that's a good thing for them. And like I said, I'm, I'm laying nine and a half on them. So yeah, you got, you're definitely confident that they're going to get it going. Yeah. yeah, I was watching that game. I'm sitting there thinking, like, that Bucks team, though, when they do get it going, think about that red zone. So they're in the red zone or goal line situations. They have uh, Leonard Fournette, big back. They've got Mike Evans, big receiver. Godwin, decent-sized receiver. But then they have Bray, Howard, and Gronk. Like, they could run some three tight ends. Sets well, that's what I'm saying. It's like big tight ends. And you know, and you know that, you know what, like, Give give that many options, like Tom's gonna find the right person. Yeah, you you can't cover everybody. You can't cover everybody. Like, and like those situation. are big boys. Those big, tight ends big. are big boys. And Mike Evans is built like a tight end. And Mike Evans ain't ain't a slouch. He's he's no slouch. He did not have a very good game week one. Here's bro. Godwin, dude. I mean, like they're all just built. Like yeah. okay, so you know what? Hey, spread the coverage. Guess what? We're running for net right down your throat. Like, yeah. let's go. But um, no, so those are the picks. Um, Please get your picks in, guys. If yep. you didn't play week one, you can still get in on the action. Um, I are we doing record or are we doing just total total right picks? So that's the thing is that I think I think we can do we can do record, and then we like can percentage. do winning percentage. Yeah. So like. You know, that will, but I think we're going to cap that at like week three, week four. Yeah, you got to start getting in by week three. You got to play like a total of 10 weeks or so. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have a a prize for the person with the most correct picks that's played, you know, week one through, and then we'll have like top win percentage or something. Um, We're still, we're still debating on what that is, uh, but uh, we'll let you guys know. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I got for football, honestly. So it's a big week for football, but it's also a big week for golf. Um, U.S. Opens here, which another major. Uh, we didn't know if we'd get these in 2020. But um, so I just want to set the stage there with – so they're playing Wingfoot Golf Club in New York. And probably one of, like, the tough – so it's, it's the toughest, I would say, course – um that's held a u.s open with just average score so i was telling mike before we got started uh they've had five u.s opens there and four of those u.s opens have been over par plus two plus seven plus six and plus five respectively there's only been one in u.s open held that's been you know under par and so it's gonna be a difficult course i don't think you'll see as many birdies as what you've been seeing with some of these fedex cup and just the, the courses that you've seen, like Dustin Johnson kill and all these guys kill. So, like, it's a super competitive field. Um, pars are going to be a premium. Birdies are going to be, you know, excellent icing on the cake. But, I mean, you're really shooting for par there. Bogeys, I mean, there will be a lot of them. 
it's counting the, you know, taking out the double bogeys, the triple bogeys, and then sprinkling in some birdies. I think the score that, to beat, if I was to give you like a level, it's like plus three. That's kind of my over-under. I think that if you're plus three, you're going to be in, you know, definitely contention, if not in the lead. Um, I wouldn't be, you know, surprised to see the winner at, at plus three. I don't think that anybody's going to win it at, at under par, but, you know, could be surprised. But um, so going into that, we've got, you know, quite a, quite a good field. Uh, Dustin Johnson been killing it. Obviously, that's like the number one, you know, pick right now. I think he's like a 17 to two favorite. Um, John Rahm's like 18 to one or something like that. But um, there's a lot of good people playing. It's a major, like second one. So what I wanted to throw to you, Mike, just to, to kind of end this out is, you know, we've got a good tournament coming up. Obviously, we're gonna be playing, you know, some some football. But at the end of the day, like I'm also gonna be keeping track on golf. Um, who do you see in your top five, and you know what? What do you think in terms of just the the winning score? So yeah, I'll piggyback off of because you kind of told me who you had in your top five before we started tonight, and I really liked a lot of the guys you talked about. You know, I love my boy Finau. He he's gonna break through. He's too good to not. He's gonna break through at some point. Now I don't know that this is the right course for him, just with it being. You know, he's a birdie guy, I think, and a long hitter, but um, you just never know. He's going to break through at some point and win a major, I feel. Uh, so Finau, I like John Rahm. He's really, really steady and been playing really well. Uh, Ricky Fowler, you mentioned, I liked that because he, he's another guy even more so than Finau. Like, he's got to break through at some point. He's just too good not to. And then I like Justin Thomas because I just think, he sets up good and he's a good player. And I just uh, like, him. huh? Yeah, I, I hate that. Okay, never mind. I'm off of him. But I also like, I also like Speeth and Cam Champ because I put money on them. So surely they can get it done too. They, I mean, if anybody's looking for a really good uh, bet and odds in your favor, it's like five bucks to win, you know, seven to a thousand bucks, anywhere around that $5 mark for those two. So it's, it's good money there. Um, but as far as the course, so you're talking, you know, you think above par wins it. I, I think right around even will probably get it done. Will be my guess. I think the players are just too good now, man. Like, like they're somebody's gonna shoot even par. I really think that. But I much rather watch a golf tournament where the winning score after four rounds is three under to three over versus twenty five under. Like I get that people or you know non golfers they want to see guys hit these great shots in there close and get birdies and stuff like that. I personally enjoy watching these guys grind it out and have make some tough up and down pars or you know lag some or make a, maybe make a bomb for a birdie ever, that's really unex, unexpected and and it's just it's more fun to watch me watch them struggle a little for them. Because it brings it more back down to reality to, you know, like the average golfer on an average course. So I, I love watching these tough courses and guys shoot four rounds around even par versus every round six under. You know what I mean? They shoot 24 under for the tournament. Like, I I, I mean, obviously, that's if it's, as long as there's competitiveness and it's close at the end, I like that. But I'd much rather watch these tournaments. No, I, I'm 100%. All right, so... I will tell you that I hate watching a pitcher's duel in baseball. Can't stand that. Need to see people taking it yard. Like, need to see some points on the board or some runs on the board in terms of baseball. Basketball, don't like to see a, you know, defensive game. Would rather see 145 to, you know, 140. (laughs) Um, Football, like, give me a sweet spot of, like, you know, 27 to like 35 you know get some touchdowns get some field goals but like you know there at the end of the game you're really just you know punting back and forth trading field position whoever wins has the best drive at the end of the game love that but for golf i mean you hit it right in the head is that like you know what like i enjoy watching them with like a 10 foot par putt 15 foot par putt that like they've scrambled for like their drive is just off the just off the fairway now they're in the rough. Now they're chunking out an eight iron to 60 yards. 
they have to have a really good pitch in order to have it close to the hole it's tucked. Maybe they're in the sand, whatever. Like, watching these guys really grind and struggle and, like, the men mentality that takes. Because, like, if you're hot with your putter and it's an easy course where you're just birdieing, at that point it's just how many putts can I hit? This is a complete game. This is, hey, I have to hit fairways, I have to hit greens, and I have to drop putts. But, like, I'm not going to always hit the fairway because the fairways are absolutely sloped to the rough. So, like, am I a good rough player? Am I a good scramble player? Do I have enough confidence to take two bogeys in a row and just be like, you know what, I'm fine. Like, the whole the whole field's going to be bogeying. So, like, am I going to find, you know, a birdie here and there? Love that. Love the entire setup of this course. And, like, that's why, for me, hey, obviously I'm going to go with Tiger, but, like, Guy knows his way around a course and is, you know, completely fine with par. But does he, he have par. physical ability to grind it out for four rounds? Dude, all he needs – so the, the problem with Tiger is he hasn't gotten off to a good start. If he gets off to a good start on Thursday, I feel like he's going to be there Sunday because he's the type, he's the type of person that, you know what, go back to his U.S. Open wins, go back to his, uh, you know, uh, PGA wins – He's the type that, you know what, the whole field is over par. Somehow or other, Eldrick's, you know, negative five, negative 12. I mean, oh, you guys are on a first name basis now. Yeah, me and him are on a first name <laughs> basis. But, um, but yeah, so I like him just for that. I like uh, John Rahm, like I told you. I think that he's, he's probably playing the best golf. So he literally shot himself in the foot Saturday of the last tournament. Double bogey, then like came two holes later, eagled, got himself back in it, and like he just grinds. Like he he is a really aggressive player and like a really good player. Um, so I like him. I'm telling you right now, biggest take of the week is that DJ misses the cut. Like I'll say it, DJ misses the cut. He's got a lot going for him. He's riding a high. He just won the FedEx Cup. Like he he's already done what he needs to do, and like. He's used to making 30 birdies in a round. Like, he's he's the type of guy that, you know what, hey, let me let me drive the ball 350, let me pitch it up there, and then won't birdie. But he's got another thing coming, so I, I don't like him. He's the favorite, but I'm, I'm staying away from that. I think he misses the cut. Rom, Finau, Ricky, Tiger, and then uh, Marikawa. Marikawa, uh, yeah, solid. Dude, he's, uh, he's just – the guy is lights out. Like, it's like fairway, green – Two putt par, and he'll get. And he showed us he can hit the big shot under some pressure. Well, he'll get, I mean, he'll, get, he'll, he'll get his shots every once in a while, but at the same time, like he just doesn't mess up. And so I really like him. But those are those are kind of my five that I've taken, and I'm excited to watch it. I'll probably have like dual screen going so I can see both of them. But uh, it should be, hey, so it should be a good weekend for sports. That's for sure. I got a golf question for you. So you think? Okay, so. Like, it's obviously relative to the scores that they shoot, but do you think professional golfers, okay, so, like, let's say I'm playing, okay, I go out, I come out, I'm playing pretty good, right? Like, maybe I par, like, three of the first four holes, mix a bogey in there. So, like, I'm through four, and I'm only, like, one over. And I, in my head, I start going, all right, look, if I, like, only bogey, like, two of these last five holes and par, I can shoot 38 or 39. You think pro, pros talk themselves, talk about their scores like that in their head, and then I end up shooting forty five because I'm just putting way too much pressure on myself. No, dude, I think I think what they I think what they go at and and kind of their mindset is is that like they have a you know pocket full of birdies or a pocket full of birdies and a pocket full of bogeys, and so it's just like it's like your chips, right? Which one do you divvy out first that you're like you know out of? So if you're out of birdies and then you start making bogeys, like. You're in a tough spot, and that's where I think par becomes a premium. And so these guys, I mean, they're not like, oh, I want to shoot 38 on the front and, you know, whatever. Like, I think they're taking it as it comes, and they're looking at it like, hey, three over is a good score here for, for the tournament. The first day, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to stay within, you know, two to three shots of the lead. Second day, I'm just trying to make the cut, stay two to three shots in the lead, and then – see what happens at that point saturday comes who knows what happens i mean like that's the thing is that with courses like this that are so difficult 
you would easily be able to have somebody that's at the top of the leaderboard shoot five over without batting an eye. And so yeah. they can come back five. Maybe you shoot even. Now you're right back in the game. And so it gives a lot of people a lot of, I think, confidence of just like, I can make mistakes, but I can't make big mistakes. And right. so I think that's what they're thinking the entire time is like, all right, that's one mistake. Now let me – like every time you get a birdie, I feel like that gives you another – it's almost like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, okay, perfect. I made that birdie. Probably going to have another bogey coming, but like I've already cashed in one. I've already cashed in two. You know what I mean? So it's going to be it's going to be that kind of repetitive like mindset, but a lot of the times you're just going to be like, how can I get a par on this hole and get to the next hole? And then how can I get to the clubhouse with as many pars as possible? All right, my pick to wins, David Sims. Hey, he'll take 18 of them. I tell you right now, if you take 72 of them, you'll be fine. But uh, no, it should be should be a good good weekend for sports. Um, Mike, that's all I got for you. I, I think we'll have a uh, interesting NBA final or uh, M- NBA games as well leading up to this week. But um, let's go Heat. Let's go Nuggets, and let's go Tiger and Bears and Bears. So- all right, guys. Yeah, get your picks in, please. We did have um, a th- the Thursday night game is one of the picks, so um, get that into us as soon as you can. We'll post it tomorrow morning. And um, especially if you're playing already, you want to keep up with it. If you haven't played yet, get in this week. Starting, it's not going to hurt you. And um, appreciate it. And that's all I got, man. We'll see you guys next week.